Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Spencer. Welcome to this week's Attacking Scrum <laughs> podcast. Uh, a man calling himself Carlos, the Carlos Spencer of podcasting. <laughs> Daniel Killick is with me. How are you, Dan? Yeah, good. What a great player Carlos Spencer was as well. Oh, mate, what a, jo- what a joy to watch that man was. <laughs> Murphy's, Murphy's, Murphy's choked on his, uh, on his brandy there. Have you? I'm a massive fan, but he still picked Andrew Mertens the whole time. Yeah, hey. steady. Yeah. You're the you're the Andrew Mertens, I think, for tonight. And I'm going to get in the <laughs> Carlos Spencer role. I'll have all the captain money. You can have <laughs> you can have your claim 20 years later. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> some inc- some incredible kicks, missed passes. The real magician. Well, let's yeah, let's hope you live hope you live up to either of those billings. God knows what that makes me. Um I, I dread to I dread to think what kind of a truly awful 10 I would have been. Hopefully, we'll do a better job at, uh, at steering this ship. It is the final podcast before the Lions squad is announced, and uh, we will, of course, be getting into the the final calls, seeing if we can uh, predict what Warren Gatland is going to do when it comes to when it comes to Thursday. We're also going to have a look and see who we think the busy, the biggest casualty might be, so who the most high profile player to miss out. And uh, there are going to be some high-profile players missing out of that, which we're pretty much sure. We'll be reacting at the news that Ben Youngs has ruled himself out of contention. Uh, we'll also have a look back at the Heineken Cup semi-finals, and we've got some listeners' questions to get stuck into as well. Right, where do you want to begin, chat? Should we start with Should we start with Ben Youngs? This is a slightly, you know, I suppose a slightly surprising one because I think most of us very much expected him to be on the plane, didn't we? Uh, we didn't pick him. We didn't pick him, but I think in terms of what we were expecting Gatlin to do, I think most of us said that he was 
more than likely going to feature in that in that squad? Uh, well, he he went in 2013 and he pulled out in 2017. He did. And prob- probably would have been picked in 2017. Um, but I don't I don't think I don't know what Gatlin. Obviously, we don't know what Gatlin would have done. No, we never will because he's made it easy for him. But uh, in reality, he. he I don't know. It, it, like we said when we picked that side, it made it more complicated. The fact that the disruption of the Welsh lines. Yeah. It, it, we used four. I think we used four different lines, and they all at one stage or another were injured. And if anyone had settled in and had a clear run of decent games, would have pushed Ben Young further down the pecking order, kind of thing. But I, I, what, that aside, I, he would never have made my tour. No, he, he, he wouldn't have made mine as well. And I do. I don't know. It's um, it's hard to know whether he got you know got a bit of a tip off, but I understand he was one of the 50 50 players who were, you know, who were contacted to say that, you know, they, they were in consideration and whether, you know, whether we got a tip off or actually, you know, whether you just don't know, you know, we, it's a very hard thing to, to kind of put yourself in someone else's shoes, isn't it? Because, you know, he might have had a tough season. He's, you know, potentially maybe he's not in the right mindset or whatever. And I think particularly if you're going into a very tough bio, that bio, bio secure bubble type, scenario is going to be very very difficult for uh, for you at the best of times so I don't know mate you know again I'm just playing complete devil's advocate here but um yeah I would have taken him boys would you yeah I would have taken him yeah just think on on the experience on experience and the fact that none of the nines have really you know have really sort of um there's not a standout nine then is there and we need I just think experience on on this tour will you know, will really, uh, will really pay off. And he's a, he's been, he's you know, he's been there. He's done it, hasn't he? He's got a huge amount of caps. I know he's not, he's not popular. Uh, he's not popular in in England, even is he? Really, <laughs> um, which which is which is really interesting and fascinating. But he's, um, I yeah, I for me on this with the way the nines have gone would have taken him. So I'm not, I'm not disappointed. But uh, he he would have got he would have got on uh, on the, on my plane then. See, well, I, yeah, if you're the same, sorry, if you're the same way, Dan, there must be lot, obviously lots of people who agree with you because you know I mean he's gone nearly under caps and he, because he plays by an English pack, he's always finds himself in a lot of space and all that stuff. But a lot of people like you would have had him in their squad. But what do they? What do people think now that he's un, written off? Not not of it. Not going to be considered. Who do they think is taking up the gap that he would have been in? Because we we did Conor Murray, Gareth Davis, Thomas Watkin, which is you know completely yeah. fair-minded. Thomas Watkin was it? Tom, Thomas. Oh, early one tonight. Early <laughs> one tonight. Yeah, this and I got on the go, <laughs> and, and the fact that I early early onset dementia. Um, uh, so, like, where, where does? Where does everyone think it's going to go now? Because if people are saying he was going to be on the tour, a lot of people are. You know? Yeah. Where do people think it's going now? Because we struggle to work out. We didn't. We're not. Me and uh, me and Jed are not particular fans of uh, Ben Ben Young, so he wasn't in our squad. But we still struggle to fill out the three. Yeah, because we did. Of the form across the nations of outside our, uh, scrum half. Yeah, and I think you know I get I completely get Dan's argument. I just think that for uh, you know Murray does the experienced. Get what you say on the tin uh, nine. You know, obviously he's got he's got 
he's the starting nine in all three tests last time around. I think I think he went on the 13 tour as well. So he's got bucket loads of Lions experience too. So that's what I think you've got there. And then it's a question of uh, Gareth Davis bringing big game experience and Thomas Williams being your one who you're banking to, to reach another level that he's not done at international yet. So I still wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. And yeah, I, that is probably the three that I think Gatlin will take. But for for what I'm, my argument, I was thinking of someone about yesterday, actually, that my argument is that for people outside Wales who don't necessarily pay much attention to the depth and quality of our nines, who do they think now? Because I think across yeah. the board, most people think Conor Murray's going to be the test nine. Well... Judging by an ill-advised dip into Twitter I did at some point uh, <laughs> today, I think everyone north of the border thinks Ali slash Tommy Price. I right. think everyone, uh, I think everyone in Ireland thinks they should take three Irish, three Irish nines. Everyone in England thinks that it should be Spencer and uh, and Robson and, and other options. I don't know. I, I'm being a bit it, a bit facetious, but there is a. I think there is a tendency. Well, there is a tendency to get very very parochial when it comes to the Lions. And that's why that's why they have head coaches do it rather than fans because you know we, we've all got our favourites and that's the thing. But uh, as yeah, to, uh, you can't as, you can't ob- objectively, you know, at some point you, if you're an English rugby supporter, you can't start dredging up nines who even Eddie Jones doesn't like. Well, exactly, and they're going to go on the Lions tour. Yeah. You know, you obviously if you've got club loyalties, like I, I don't mind Spencer at Bath. No, uh, I'm surprised he doesn't have more. Caps. This is the, this yeah. is this, and again, the, the Eddie Jones thing. We, we've covered this before, but it makes it so so much more difficult for Gatlin because Eddie hasn't capped half the players who you would expect to. You know, he's he just does not trust. He does not trust anyone other than Ben Youngs at nine. He doesn't trust any of those options. But if he, he does, if he does trust someone, it's got to be like they got to be thirty three and no future, like Willie Hines. Well, exactly. But I mean, that that tells you everything, doesn't it? That you know that Willie Hines was drafted into that was drafted into yeah. that World Cup squad, and that was really, really odd. I think that thing is, know, it tells we, us everything about Eddie, though, doesn't it? But I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't tell us much about English nine play. That's... No, it, it doesn't, mate. But it also tells you that it, it makes it more difficult for Gatlin because, as we've said before, yeah. you need to know the form of players at the highest level, and if which you means, if you've only got a handful means, of caps. Which means he's got to go for Gareth Davies and Thomas Williams. Thomas Watkin, if you like. Thomas Williams. Because Is anyone else talking about uh, Thomas Williams? I, th- I, think the, I think people outside of Wales will... Know, because he's there, you know, he's got a good YouTube highlights reel and, you know, he's a flashy catch-the-eye kind of player. I think people... I think people would be quite excited by him as a, by him as a nine, especially considering that there's not... A, a huge amount of options, or certainly no clear-cut options. Well, he, he, even within Wales, some people would prefer Keenan Hardy. Yeah, they would. You know, so it's it's so contentious. I, I honestly don't know. I I, that's, yeah. I know we've been talking about you know biggest upsets and uh, or suggesting we're going to talk about biggest omissions and what have you. Biggest, it could be a really shocking inclusion. I tell you, a player I'm a massive fan of is uh, John Cooney. Yeah, I, I had a message from from Craig, who's a good a good uh, friend of the pod. Been on a number of times. He messaged me after we released our squad, and he put Cooney in at nine. I thought, God, we didn't even mention Cooney, and he no, is. No, no. He's an That's a good player. shout. But, he, good but shout, he, he, he's out the favour at international level, so you couldn't read his form. And then I felt sorry for Ulster on Friday night because he was running the show for them, uh, and they were in front, and he got knocked out in a. 
in an incident that was deemed accidental, and they they couldn't they couldn't string anything together after that, and they just lost to Leicester. It was a big turning point in the game. So I don't. I, don't, I mean, if Price doesn't fine. go though, he's um, it's going to be it's going to be a club a, a, a player that's that's mainly playing club rugby, isn't it? Yeah, I, mean, really? I think I think Thomas would have played more. You know, he's got uh, he's got he's probably got twenty caps now, hasn't he, Thomas? I think, but he's you know he he would have played a lot more international rugby had it not been had it not been for getting injured at odd at odd times. And obviously Gatlin knows him as well. You know, he's he's spent the time with him during the World Cup and and knows what he's capable of. Whereas again, Cooney hasn't had that chance to do it at, at international level. With bigger going as well. And and really, I don't know. Is he the starting ten at the moment? You know, if we were to do it now, I'd say I would say yes. I think so. And so maybe that'll come into it. You know, if there is two, you know, two Welsh, um, two Welsh knights. I do think Murph. I think you mentioned it there that there could be there could be a, a bit of an upset at, at at nine. I wonder whether Danny Care. I don't think you boys are, could see again, that. Again, I like. I I think the only people who think Danny Care should be inside. And again, I'm a bit of Dan. We uh, we must have covered this before. I love Danny Care, and again, I think he should have had way more caps and way more opp- a lot of run in that England side because of what he offers completely different. But the only people realistically who think Danny Care should go are BT Sport pundits because they're commentating on the Premiership and um, and Harlequins fans. I don't, you, I, you can't pick Danny Care, can you? Age 34, having, again, been discarded by England. And I just I just think it's... Like, I'm not sure it's like, vulnerable. Like over two years ago since England discarded him. Yeah. Obviously, obviously too soon. But that doesn't mean he should then, you know... Get, he's had a Harlequins have played much better, which has enabled him to play much better. Therefore, he's got to be on the Lions tour. I mean, it's a bit of a leap, isn't it? If he was, you know, if they'd got into the Heineken Cup final and he was at the heart of it, I could see it. I could see you going right. Okay, that is such a, a solid piece of form that you can mm. you can take that into into going on the Lions. But I don't know. I don't. It depends if Gatland was picking Ben Youngs. And, of, and that would have come down to experience. Then he looks at right, a like for like, out and out experience. I could see, you know, he's your he's your obvious man. But otherwise, he's going to go with someone that's uh, not a bolt. Well, that, that's got far less experience. Then, um, look, you know, Gareth Davis. We are we saying he's second? So it would be Conor Murray, Gareth Davis plus one. Is that what we're saying? I would say so. Well, is Gareth Davis is not a, is, he's not inexperienced by any shot. Is he definitely going, boys, on, on most people's um, if, he, if he's not going, it gets even harder to work out who the nines yeah. are. Dan, you've got to nail down one then, and we're trying to we're trying yeah. to find the other two. Dan's got in my head now with this Danny Care thing. I've got to feel like I'm going <laughs> to look really stupid come Thursday. Well, I am going to look really stupid come Thursday anyway. But Impossible not to. Impossible yeah, not yeah to but it, the nine one is, I mean, it, 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 is a, it is really fascinating though, isn't it? Because... Yeah, we're, what are we on? We're up front about the twenty-first minute now of going through nines, and I we could probably go on forever. It, it's 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 really interesting. So I tell you, like the thoughts just gone through my head is like, what if Ben Youngs has had a tip off that Danny cares in the side, <laughs> and he wants to get that, wants to get his uh, get his retaliation in first and, and rule himself. Uh, well, I think saying about tip offs, the only people who really know anything in advance is the captain. The captain mm-hmm. knows that he's the captain already, and he has to keep his mouth shut. Shall we move? Shall we move on to this? Oh, no, no, I'm just saying because no, no one else. Like, I don't think 
Ben could have a tip off, you know, about Danny or anything like no. that. Only this, only the captain gets the nod because he's got to be prepared for the PR and all the, you know, the conference and all that stuff. I think you're but, right. Um, I don't That's think a beautiful knows, link play for Andrew Mertens there. <laughs> That's it. Oh, you're welcome, yeah. oh, I'm just, just, just going to keep it simple. I'm not going to do nothing flash. Keep it simple, and the uh, yeah, blacks will love it. I'm crashing I'm on the, bench, on the, I'm on the inside, the inside ball here, like Tanner among us, storming through a gap here. Oh, <laughs> it, it does his at the moment. It does lead us on to captain. And they, we, had a, we had a good question in from uh, from Jamie Phillips, who's a regular listener. It said, "Who's the right uh, Who's the right choice for the Lions captain, and why is it Alan Wynne Jones?" Which uh, <laughs> correct? Yeah, I mean, correct it, question. Yeah. He uh, are we expecting any surprises here, or is Alan Wynne Jones going to be the going to be the skipper? Well, it's only two or three, anyway. So um, it is. I think whoever they whoever they picked would do a good job. But well, the only thing counting against there's lots of things counting for Alan Wynn. Obviously, this, the only thing that counts against Marrow is he, he doesn't even captain his club. No. I don't think he even does it when Owen Farrell's not there. I, I can't re- recollect him ca- captaining Saracens. He hasn't captained his country. And you're going to put him in as a Lions captain. I, I, like I say, if they picked him, I don't think he'd do a bad job at all. But um, when you've got Alan Wynn available, yeah, he's, he's such a, you know, it's not just a, for us now, it's, Northern Hemisphere rugby, in a way, he's become such a towering figure across second row play and you know rugby in general. That um, I, what brought I was as you do when you're in lockdown. I was emptying out my TiVo of all things I hadn't either hadn't watched or hadn't I'd watched and deleted, and I was watching the third place playoff from. The World Cup. <laughs> oh my God! No desire to relive that. Yeah. This is Wales, New Zealand. Uh, they, you know, they didn't spank us, but they comfortably beat us. And after the game, they're waiting for their bloody ceremony and all that. And every single second row from the New Zealand squad made a point of chatting to Alan Wynn for ages really? and Steve Hansen and whoever else was senior, all chatting to him for ages. It, it didn't. It was a bit. Off because they didn't speak to anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't make. They didn't seek out any of the Welsh players <laughs> other than Alan Wynn because he is that sort of a figure now in in global rugby. You know, in in rugby globally, shall I say? Yeah. And, um, to me, you know, if it, if you add that and the fact that he's in great form from the Six Nations, is I I haven't checked the prices normally just before just before they make the announcement. The price tumbles and he goes to like three to one on or something. But um, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is looking increasingly like, uh, yeah, like like that's going to be the the case. I think. Dan, any uh, any thoughts that that it could be Itoju or anyone else, or is Alan Wynn nailed on? Yeah, nailed on one one horse for me. And I think before, certainly before the Six Nations, there were, you know, there was a few question marks, wasn't there, about you know his form, how he was going to fare up in the Six Nations, and he he just. He answered. He answered any critics, didn't he? So well, he was absolutely majestic. And I just, I'm sitting here now thinking, if you know, I was when Alan Wynne Jones is announced as captain, you, you, you just can't see anybody questioning it. Really, anyone that's balanced with their views would be like, yeah, that's that's the guy that we want. We want to lead us. I think, and you know, for for from players as well, I just think he's got such, like he's held in such high regard. And any time there's any little bit of doubt, which, you know, there has been from even from Welsh media as well, isn't there? 
he's just literally shut the door on that and and almost got better. So you know, I, it's going to be a hell of a moment as well, isn't it? And what a sight seeing, you know, hopefully if he is announced, seeing him lead out the lead out the team, it'll be quite something. Yeah, I yeah, I agree. I agree with all that. I, you know, you'd be hard pressed to be a rugby fan and think, oh, Adam and James isn't going to do a good job of this. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, he's he is that talismanic figure. I think he just he takes it all in his stride as well. That he because often I think you find as well, you know, it can be high, it is it's hostile when you go on a Lions tour and you need someone who's able to to deal with that. And, you know, I, I agree with Murphy. You know, obviously, I thought I thought Toje would have done a brilliant job. As you know, I put a bit, I put a few quid on him earlier on in the year because I thought that perhaps Alan Wynn might be might be struggling to make the test team. But you do have to be prepared for, you know, for hostile local media and, and all that kind of stuff, particularly in New Zealand, but also, yeah, but also in any of the, in any of those, uh, any of those tours. And I think that obviously the experience he's got, I think he just diffuses all that. And Warburton's the same, you know, like you either want a really spiky captain like Martin Johnson, who just doesn't give a shit and will completely flat bat it all. Or you want someone like Warburton and Alan Wynn who tends to, but you'd be, you know, any journal would be too scared to get, get up in Alan Wynn Jones's face. And he's, you know, he's notoriously very, what's the word? Um, he can be hostile to, to journos if he doesn't like the question and doesn't say any nonsense. But likewise, I think in recent years, if you look at the World Cup and stuff, people would have just warm to him. He's, he's, he'd be very hard man for any journalist to try and get under the skin of. So, uh, yeah, they, I, do, they I think not, he's the right normally, They normally don't do it to his face anyway. It's just him. No. Normally, yeah. like the uh, last time round was uh, uh, Warren Gatland dressed as a clown on, on yeah. the pages of the paper. They don't actually say much to their faces. But uh, one thing that comes to mind is he possibly, uh, although there might have been one a long time ago, but possibly the oldest captain, the oldest line of captain. There won't be yeah. men past 35, I wouldn't have thought. Good shout that, yeah. I can't. think obviously Willie John probably did it well into his 30s, I'd imagine. But um, Willie John did it in his 50s, didn't he? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on yeah. one leg. <laughs> yeah, he nearly, he nearly snuck on the 2005 tour when, uh, when Woodward was in charge, I think. Yeah. The other thing with this with this tour as well with captain is because of COVID as well, it is going to be really difficult or challenging. You know, it's a long it's, it's a long time, isn't it? That they're going to be cooped up, and oh, yeah. you know, if if we if we are looking if we do look at say a Toji then and then Alan Wynn, I think just that that life experience as well and the balance that he, you know, that he has. Is is a is a massive point. Um, I haven't seen too much on that, but the COVID side of this is fascinating. And when you look at selection as well, it, it's you know we could see we could see a whole host of uh, of people ruling themselves out and you know chopping and shaking. I I don't know. It's it's really difficult, and it's a really good point that Dan because this time round, you know, it's always difficult to manage the camp on a tour. As well, because you know you got you know think back to two thousand and one. You're Austin Healy and Matt Dawson writing columns and upsetting people. You've you know two thousand and five was a notoriously unhappy camp because so many people felt they were just there to carry tackle bags, and and keeping that you know that um, that morale up is big. But you're right in a COVID scenario, you know you're managing people's is even an even tougher job to manage people's mental health when they're in that environment. 
and you're that far away from home. And also, you know, what happens if there's a, a breach of protocol and managing that and things, you know, and all these things might come up. And I just think, again, his experience and, you know, think think back to, to World Cup in 2019, that Rob Howley stuff that broke just on the, you know, virtually on the eve of the tournament, it didn't phase Wales at all in the slightest. I'm still evil over that, you know. I know it's yeah. two years ago. I'm still, yeah. They sat on that. They sat on that story for months and yeah. then released it right on top of the World Cup for maximum effect. So, yeah. Wankers. Well, I'd agree with that. And that seems like a perfect <laughs> a perfect point yeah. for Murph to go and pour himself another Pendarian. We're going <laughs> to take a very quick... We're going to take a very quick break. <laughs> You'd always rely, always rely on Murph to give us a nice bombshell to head into to head into the break with. Uh, we're going to break. Like exclamation mark for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any, anyone playing Murph Bingo uh, right now? I think he's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what we're sweating on there, but we've got all the all the greatest hits are out there. You got him in early. I mean, yeah, I, I get think Thomas Walking in the first ten minutes. So <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to it's going to stick now. It's like um, yeah, it's. Uh, they're definitely nicknames that are um, that are going to stay with them. Uh, right, let's take this one because we were talking about you know the way players are perceived, and this is a really interesting tweet we had from uh, from Ben House, basically saying why is it that it only seems to be people in Wales who rate Navidi? He's heard numbers of podcasts and and articles written, and no one seems to be mentioning Josh Navidi as you know as as even a banker for the squad, yet alone um, really placing the test. Yeah. So, well, uh, I mean, I, I was having a, um, a meeting, online meeting with um, some of the grandees, if, if you like, of my rugby club, and um, Lions came up, and they all seemed to think Ty Byrne, which you know, on form, don't you know? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to scoff at the idea, but I wouldn't. I'd go Josh. Every, I, I, maybe this is just like a Josh fanboy podcast. I don't know. Um, well, start it, starting. Well, the, the line the people are yeah. picking the test side. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. And, and, I'm and the same as you. Just making a point that no one else apart from us seems to think Josh is nailed on. Yeah. Well, this is it. And uh, from from what Ben's saying, it seems to be that actually, you know, he's not really been spoken about in the in the squad. In the squad. So the, I think he said that the the that is bollocks. Well, yeah, it is. It the yeah. the ruck um, apparently uh, chose a 36 man team, and Navidi wasn't even mentioned, which. I just, I just find it astonishing because, like, it's I, and and look. Firstly, you're right. This is a Josh Navidi fanboy podcast, but <laughs> yeah. for a reason. Let's just change the name. I know. Yeah, we should just call it that. Navs, yeah. Navs. What should we call it? <laughs> That's his nickname. That'll do. Just Navs. <laughs> <laughs> but any, yeah, anyone, anyone who's watched him at you know any degree of. Um, you know, with any degree of detail in any test match, it's just like, yeah, this this guy has something completely different. It's, mm. I've said it before, it's just unreal strength because he doesn't look like he should be as strong as he is. No, you know, and he, regardless of whatever his, you know, whatever his stats and and weight and stuff, it's just whenever he goes into a collision, it looks as though he will get the better of it. And and we've said it before, you know, anyone who can wrap up Billy Vanapola has got something about them, and South Africa are going to be strong on massive bastards in the back row or, yeah. or and in the second row so it's like mm. you need that kind of that kind of strength that proper 
that wrestler strength and and all, all the other bits he does to his game as well. He's just a he's a, a complete animal to me. Yeah, well, it, I think it, for it, us, he's he's first. Okay. He's almost first name on the on the on the. He's almost first name on the team sheet, isn't he? Really, he, 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 uh, and because we know. Oh, we've lost Killick now, have we? Uh, oh, have I gone? Have I? Am I yeah. back? You're back now. Back. Yeah, because... Am I back now? Yeah. Yeah. Just saying, it. I wonder if he's not talked about um, even being in the squad in a lot of a lot of parts of... Uh, you know, a lot of parts of England and, and Scotland and Ireland and... Well, it can't be Wales, but over there, that he does... He's quite... He's unflashy, isn't he? But he... I mean, you don't have to watch the games for long to see how much he's involved in them. He just gets through so much work. The stats show it all, don't they, really? But it's also the... Um, I think within Wales, everyone knows that when Wales play without him, we're not the same side. No. And it's the same for club as well. Like, we, we are, we're a very, very different outfit without him. And the way in which he makes the back row function is is quite something. And... It possibly, you know, it took a lot of people by surprise within Wales, didn't it, when he came onto the scene as an international? So maybe I don't know. Maybe that's something to do with it uh, in the wider, you know, the wider rugby uh, view, maybe. But I mean, for me, yeah, he's 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 the he's the six out and out six, and Ty well, Green I'd have on the bench. Well, but, Dan, even if you could make an argument that someone else should be six, he's a very strong contender for seven. Hmm. You know, like yeah. if if you're trying to if you're trying to knock back the South African side, you know, with all sorts of massive runners coming at you, well, you could go for a, a big six. And then if you wanted an extremely powerful seven in Josh Navidi. So that's a good so, shout. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I honestly can't. I, but he's somewhere if he in that back If he row. doesn't go, <laughs> I, I might just genuinely take up my fandom of cycling properly. Yeah, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any need to to worry about that just yet. Because if there is one man who knows how good Josh Navidi is, it's Warren Gatland. And you know we've said this before, and a lot of column inches and nonsense on Twitter seems to be taken up with with Hamish Watson, who I'm a big fan of. I think we picked him in our side. And, you know, I think he's a real like cannonball of a player. I like him a lot. But if it was a straight shootout and Gatland was only going to take one of them, he's taken Navidi. Yeah, he is, yeah. and and you know, I I think there's room for both in the squad, as we as we said. But if there wasn't, I ju- I just can't see Gatlin not taking the VD. Well, I think you, you're right about the colloquial nature or parochial nature of it. Is, is that people when they look at Hamish Watson or Josh Navidi, they're counting all their own favourite players from their own country first, and then working out which one can't make it in. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I do exactly. Yeah, and you well, know, go, going back to South Africa. I think last week I was saying that they haven't played much rugby. Well, they haven't played an international, but and I, I didn't, I hadn't clicked that they have been playing domestic rugby. They've played Curry Cup and all sorts, haven't they? That's true. Yeah, I, I, I completely off the ball there. I mean, in fairness, it doesn't get much coverage. Um, and also another thing, because with them not playing international rugby, you don't, you don't get to hear so much. Is uh, Peter Steph Dutoy's been out for ages with a broken leg? He just yes. came back last week or this week, last week. Um. So, yeah, it's all... And, and the other thing is, most of it, I was saying about the number of people that might, of their squad, that might get selected from up here, Northern Hemisphere. Most of their squad is Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's countless in the top 14. And the rest are spread out across this... Well, there's quite a few in, in the Munster side. Um, 
the big names uh, and tons, I mean, tons of like second string guys in the, in the, the um, Gallagher Premiership at Sale and what have you. So, um, yeah, that, I don't think there's an issue with game time. It's just actually together as a squad time. That's, that's They've got the, quite that's a few the injuries then, haven't they? Oh, yeah, shed loads. Yeah, loads. Yeah. I, th- I do think it's the it's the not playing together as a team though. That's the that's the bit because obviously normally the yeah. hosts have that advantage of the Lions being a scratch side and not having played together. Whereas actually, if you haven't played together for eight, over eighteen months, and and again they're all quality players, they're all playing very very good rugby. But it does make it that much more difficult if you've if you've not been able to get that game time together. And I, I think that's that is what's going to separate it from from a normal tour and these are things that will probably play into the Lions hands and depending on what the, the situation is with with fans in the stadium I know it's slightly different with the Lions because there's always such good traveling support yeah. um, but it does make for a different game when it's played behind closed doors as we've said so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think any element of home advantage would be eroded if there aren't any uh, if there aren't any supporters but it's true yeah um, I think Andre Pollard made his comeback on the weekend as well didn't he um, off the bench, and that's that's good news for them, obviously, because I think he's. It was it was the missing piece of the jigsaw for a long period of time. I think the, I mean, obviously they, they turned around their fortunes ahead of the Rugby World Cup really really well. If you look back, you know, you look back eighteen months before that, um, the impact that Razi Erasmus had coming in was absolutely massive. But I think Pollard in particular was was really really key to them because they hadn't had someone nail down that ten jersey for quite some time. Someone to be, you know, a a real dependable match winning 10. And I think he, you know, he, he fits that bill, doesn't he? He's every inch a South African Springbok 10. Yeah, he, he had a great World Cup. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Quality player. He is. Right. Let's have a look at, uh, let's take a look at what we were saying right at the top of the show. There are obviously going to be some casualties. Dan, over to you first. Who is going to be the most high profile player to miss out on Thursday? Again, this is not what you do, but what you think Gatland is going to do. It'd be quite good to look at uh, a high-profile person from each from each uh, country, really, wouldn't it? Because it's it's high-profile to that to that country, but maybe not to you know maybe not to others. I mean, for me, I do think Hamish Watson is going to miss out. I just think the the the, the back with that back row, and there's going to it'll cause uproar, won't it? But I have a feeling he won't be making the plane. Hmm. Murph, Which... do, you think, do you think he's going to go? Yeah, I can't see it. I mean, um, Sam Underhill had a big game on the weekend. Bath in the semi-finals of the Challenge Cup got taken off after 50 minutes. Hmm. He wasn't terrible, but he didn't do much. You know, he was okay. Got taken off. So, you know, it, it, the kind of people who are suggesting Hamish won't go, they're either huge Justin Tipperick fans or, or Navidi fans, or they're Sam Underhill fans. Yeah. And Sam Underhill didn't do much, so, you know, that narrows it down. Whether he go, whether his reputation from the World Cup means he goes anyway, Sam Underhill, I don't know, but he, he's not in, you know, he wasn't in good form in the Six Nations and he's still not in good form now because, you know, they left... Uh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't play Six Nations. Pitch, did they left Zach Mercer on the pitch and they brought on that young kid who I forget the name of uh, instead early you know early on in the game so um, he's not you know he's not at his best so I wouldn't I wouldn't take I wouldn't take Underhill over Hamish Watson I, personally but then obviously I'm not English but, if it was uh, Tipperick uh, Tipperick or Watson 
Well, like, that, like like we said at the time, that comes down to the style of play you want to go with. If you're going to play yeah. wide channels against South Africa, then Tiprick is probably one of your first names on the team sheet. But I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know. I've got no idea in that. It is tough. I mean, because we, we based it on a certain amount of number, numbers in each position. Yeah. And in the past, they've taken a, a bare five uh, as back row. Yeah, especially got, especially when you've got multiple positions. Especially when you've got a Toji and Burn who a, a second row slash back row is as well. It does make a, it it does make it make it that bit more difficult. Yeah. Which which means someone like Billy is even more tenuous. Billy Vunapola, if we're talking about casualties. Yeah, I just think that that's yeah. I mean, I think I think I I've been I've been mulling this over a lot. And you know, as I say, I wouldn't I we didn't take Billy in our squad, did we? And and I would probably stand by that. It's just where the Gatland is I I think there's so much strength in the back row that I think, you know, his the inverted commas bolter of Sam Simmons. Is quite is quite appealing to it, you know, and it sounds mad because he's European Player of the Year, but I do think I do think he might get the nod over Billy, just just because of you know, like we said, the the form and it's a bit you're banking on Billy get back getting back to getting back to the form of of where it's, he was. It's hard pitches, it's uh, fitness. Yeah. If you're playing at altitude, yeah. would you rather Sam Simmons or Billy? Sam Simmons, hundred percent. So yeah. Um, the other one for me, and, and I, I, the more I think about it over time, the more I can't see him going at all. Is Johnny Don't say Sexton, you bastard! You've stolen mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can skip. I can skip and go to another one if you want. Uh, oh, no, let's let's let, let's stay on that. But that will be my pick because uh, I don't think I've got another one at the moment. But yeah, I I'm with you on this. I just the more I think about this one, Dan Bigger is the favourite to play ten. I would say. Kicking game, altitude, great under the high ball, proven test match performer, competitor, you know, everything. Everything we know, brilliant defence. And then if you're only taking two tens plus Farrell, then why would you take Sexton, who's, you know, who's, you'd have to wrap in cotton wool. Now, again, if you're Ireland, you've done that for years, then, then that's one thing. But where you've got Finn Russell there to offer something completely oh, different. This is a huge call. I think I, Sexton. I think so. I don't even think it's that call, that big a call. I think he had one good really? game against against England. Otherwise, his international form has been pretty patchy. I think. And again, I, I'm a big, you know, he's had a magnificent career and he's been superb on uh, on two Lions tours. Uh, you know, integral parts of those those winning sides. But again, Gatlin's got no room for sentiment, and I just wonder whether um, if if for this way, if Sexton was picked. And I was um, the next in line as outside half. I would have my bags packed because it, it, it regularly can't finish half an hour of a match regularly. Yeah. And on a on a Lions tour where you know you're playing against opposition for whom it's one of the biggest games of their career. You know, British British Lions tour game. Everyone's trying to knock seven bells out of everyone. Johnny's got that mentality where he won't back down. He's going to get dinged up, and that, that's, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I wouldn't take him. And one of the reasons why, if I was Finn Russell or whoever gets overlooked, I'd have my bags by the front door ready to get on a plane. Yeah, and yeah, I, I agree with all of that. And South Africa is the dirtiest place to tour as well. I know it's not. I know it's not like being there in the seventies or even the nineties, but still, Christ, still they, they like a scrap. Yeah, I, I, 
different now. We used to have like kind of completely partial referees back yeah. in the 90s and earlier. Now you get kind of uh, neutrals from overseas and everything, so it's not so bad. But yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wouldn't take Ellis, Genj. Because mm. they'll just aggro in his face and all the time and all that kind of thing. And everyone, everyone that I know, I was chatting to yesterday would take him. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, be disappointed if he went. I think he's brilliant, but temperament-wise, he was he was in everyone's face on the weekend in the Leicester Ulster game. So mm. they got they they posted a little clip, didn't they, of him shaking hands in the dugout? That's right. After yeah, after the event. After, yeah, 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 yeah. After the yeah. yeah. He's he look he's in incredible shape at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, like I say, he's, he's so explosive for a prop. It's yeah, simple, but I I wouldn't if he goes, it wouldn't it wouldn't be any surprise, and I wouldn't mm. be disappointed. But I'm just saying, yeah, you've got to I mean, if you would have loved to have played with him, surely in the front, you know, you in, <laughs> yeah. in the second row, him in the front row. I mean, yeah, happy. Yeah. I'd love to be. I'd love to be in the same standard. <laughs> play with him, <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, this. Going back to casualties, I don't think he, if he went or if he didn't go, it, it, that wouldn't be a high-profile casualty. No, but I don't think it is. If we're going to leave Jed with um, <laughs> with uh, Sexto, I can easily move on to two more. Just before you do, I just wanted to touch on Ellis Gens there because I think the difference is, right, if it all kicks off in a tour game and Ellis Gens lamps someone in the face and he gets a, you know, he gets a red card and suspended, then, yeah. okay, he, was pro- you know, he might have been worth the risk taking him anyway. If you're only taking two tens and Sexton gets injured, you've then got to fly someone else over. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's way more disruptive, particularly if you're doing it. I know that Farrell's over there, but particularly if you're doing it in the week of a in the week of a test. I don't know. I just don't. And let's say, let's say Finn Russell, you know, Finn Russell goes as as second choice as second choice ten, uh, or you know, potentially with a, with, a, with a shot of getting a, a test, and things don't work out. You've got safe options alongside it. If you if you try and build a side around Russell and you realise it's not quite going to pay off and you're not confident enough in him to do it, you slot bigger or Farrell in there. Whereas with Sexton, you know you've you've got two safe options there already. Uh, you know if he'd have been in explosive 2013 form, it's a different story. He's, he's inked in at, at ten, but I just you don't, don't think yeah. you don't think with Murray being the leading nine is going to be playing a lot of games. No. No, I don't look. If you asked, if Andy Farrell had Dan Bigger to call upon, he would be starting for Ireland. Do you know what I mean? If if Dan Bigger was Irish, he'd be playing for Ireland. It, it's I, I just think it comes down to the fact that they haven't had they haven't had faith in any other option other than Sexton. Yeah. I don't see you know. I do think that if he doesn't go, it it, it yeah. I mean, it's not a it's, it wouldn't be a huge. Omission, maybe from our side, but in Ireland it'd be massive. Yeah, it? it would. Of course, it huge. Would. Yeah, it would, and that's what that's why I picked him as the, the, the one I think will be the, the casualty. But looking at the test side, yeah, even if you're going to say Murray's going to play nine, Henshaw's going to play twelve based on current form. Then you'd have yeah. Sexton at ten. Are you really going to start picking an Irish backline when they've been stuttering at best during Six Nations? I don't know. I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be clambering up to pick an Irish backline at the moment. I'd, I'd be picking the. You know, I'd be picking Henshaw out of it because he's been outstanding. I'd be picking Murray because he put together a good game uh, after, you know, not being in and in and around the squad rather than starting nine. But I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be desperate to, to be picking players out of the Irish back line based on the Six Nations. 
I think partly though they look at it with they look at it slightly on individuals, but then also you know link ups as well. And you know the Murray, yeah, the the nine ten the nine ten combos I think out there is quite. Is quite important, but yeah, I could well see him him not making it, and especially with uh, you know with Townsend being in the in the coaching setup as well. You know, Russell's Russell's probably uh, got his they've silver had, boots. They, polished, they've, had issues, they've had issues in the past, but I don't know if that would still be rumbling on now because they've obviously put the put that to bed on a, a Scottish level. So yeah, I, I believe that's all that's all to bed, but. I don't know. I think I think a lot can be read into picking Townsend at ten. I think he's been picked at ten because he's the best available option as attack coach. Really, I, I'm not sure it's all around building the side. I, you know, I would not be surprised to see Dan Bigger starting at ten in the in the Test match series because I think he's the most proven performer at Test level out of the options we've got. Well, I think he's favourite. I mean, even over in the border in England, people like Ben Kay saying yeah. he's in poor position to be the Test ten. So, um, on a not not on the same scale as Johnny, probably not. But mm. in this country, it will be a big deal. But Jonathan Davis is. He's, I mean, I, I I'd be amazed. I would, and I don't. I, I'd be very surprised. Um, again, you'd be you'd be relying on finding old form because it's not. There's not been anything significant this season, and he's been out injured a long time before that. I think it's a really big ask to get up to Test match speed in you know, uh, in a matter of weeks. Well, he just, he, again, the, the Dragons game last week, he yeah. didn't look, he didn't look mobile at all by his own standards. And so how are you going to take him to the summer tour? You know, it's just, I, I like I say, it, it's not really that much of a shock because he's, he's had to move to 12 because he's not as mobile in 13 as he was and what have you for, for Wales. So, um but it's still, it's still, you know, you wouldn't have. I think from that's, the last up, he's the best centre in the British Isles, kind of thing. It would have been yeah. a shock, but because of the way he's come back from his injury, I think um, it might not even be that much of a shock anymore. I think it might be a bigger shock outside of Wales than it is in Wales. Actually, I think if you if you've watched him this season, he's not looked the same player. Whereas, yeah. you know, I think a lot of players, uh, you know, a lot of fans, if you just watch internationals. You wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't have noticed him at twelve and thought oh he doesn't look you know he doesn't look the same player, whereas I think it's shown a bit more in in club form. Um, so yeah, I I I you know I don't, it doesn't it doesn't feel that high profile. I don't obviously he is a high profile player, but I don't think it's that surprising perhaps if he not does. For us, not, not for people who follow it closely. You're right. Yeah. Anyone else got a got a casualty? I got one. Go on. Keep keep coming, Murph. Johnny May. Yeah, I mean, you've been you've been peddling that yep. one for quite a while, haven't you? I, yeah. I, get, I, I could see him missing out. I just think there's some of the up and... For Johnny May to go, some of the up-and-coming speed merchants are going to have to be omitted. Mm. So that would be either LAZ, Duan van der Merwe. One of them is going to have to be overlooked who, who got proper young man's pace. Over a guy who's holding on to his pace into his thirties, which is what Johnny May is, and that's that's a big difference. It is. I, I think we've said before as well. You need out and out. You know, you need out and out gas in South Africa. It's a big, big advantage. Um, I could see if Johnny May had played the last Test series, uh, that that might 
hold in his favour, the fact that he's got Lions yeah, experience. Because Jack Noel, Jack Noel last time around, and he's just come back to fitness as well, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he has. And so, yeah. and obviously offers you, again, I know we keep talking about versatility, but Noel can do a job, at, certainly in a midweek game at 15 even thirteen, if you you know if you need him to, but um, I could I could see I could definitely see May missing out. I'm not saying it's going to be Noel who, who gets the nod there, but the more yeah. I think about it, and again, it doesn't help the fact that, that Gloucester have been, you know, have had a have had a poor season, and um, because yeah, you're then kind of relying on yeah, you're you're relying on old form, and it is a position where there is there is lots of strength uh, across you know across the across the other the other nations really. Yeah, definitely. Nice, like that, Murph. Let's wrap up by talking about uh, European rugby. Heineken Cup semi-finals have delivered us an all-French affair uh, between Toulouse and La Rochelle, uh, which will be played at Twickenham. Uh, I don't know if that's irony or not, but um, it's... Uh, I mean, it could. We were saying this off-air. It could be an amazing game of rugby because you've got two sides who play really attractive stuff, or they could cancel each other out. You... You're not massively excited by this, are you? I'm a big well. If it was either of these sides playing a non-French team, I would be mm. excited because um, obviously in the Toulouse team you've got the best nine in the world and Chesson Colby and you know all sorts. And in this side, uh, La Rochelle, you've got lots of great players and they're playing probably the most attractive rugby up there anyway. Most attractive rugby we've seen this season in European tournament. But I would rather they were just playing an against non-French opposition. So one mm. of those teams would be worthy of the final. And I'd rather, I didn't necessarily want Leinster to win yesterday, but it, I think it would have produced a bigger spectacle of a final uh, whenever it is end of May or something uh, yeah. in Twickenham than it is now with an all-French affair. I mean, they're talking, they were talking about allowing 10,000 people in or something. I think so. And so are they allowing 10,000 people to travel from France? No. I don't think so. I think it'll no. be local. It'll be it'll be local yeah. support. And I mean, in fairness, they wouldn't have allowed ten thousand people to travel from Leinster either, would they? No. So it was always going to be, you know, but it'd be much much easier now to switch this to Paris. Yeah, they should they should move it, shouldn't they? Well, yeah. I mean, I do, again, I don't know what the latest on sporting events in Paris is, but are you likely to get fans in Paris? In, no. in May, I don't think you are. So no. you know, you may as well have it in a in a country. I don't know. It feels like a decent way of. Will you sell ten thousand tickets for it? Yes, you know it's yeah. a way. Of, it's a way of testing the, of testing the kind of um, the COVID regulations and keeping a you know keeping a close eye on on what it does to infection rate and stuff like that. So, yeah. what about from a rugby perspective, Dan? You're a you're a man who, who likes a, a bit of free flowing rugby. Is that the final you would want it to see? I was saying to Murph, like I, I get very little joy out of watching Leinster as brilliant a side as they are. I'd rather see two sides like this who. You like to uh, you like to fling the ball around, and play each other. Yeah, I am excited. I think you know on on paper it's <clears throat> I totally get get um, Murph's point about you know them potentially cancelling each other out, and knowing each other really well. But like on paper, it is exciting, isn't it? You look at that and think, wow, that's a really interesting prospect. Ticket wise, I'd love to go with those two those two uh, those two squads, and you know all the all the all the top players and yeah, you just hope that it lives up to what it is on paper, really. Um, Murph said off air, didn't he, about uh, La Rochelle, just how, like how well they've done mm. in a relatively short period of time with bringing together that, that squad and the coaching setup. 
which I think is a really, a really great point, really. And Ronan O'Gara is getting a, a lot of, um, a lot of praise, isn't he? And, you know, from, from a lot of ex players as well. And he was always, he was always a guy that I think was, it seems then was quite difficult to, uh, to potentially play with, or maybe, maybe certainly play against, but coaching wise, he, um, I don't know. He's doing a great job. And I love the way he talks as well with the pundits. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like he's in the, he's in the bar having a, having a chat. No, no, like big, you know, big words and just, you know, sort of classic coach talk. It's like, it all makes sense. I think, think he, well, I think he enjoyed his time in the bar when he was a player. Um, yeah. He's quite, yeah. he's quite keen of a night out. But yeah, mate, he's, he's, um, his, his reputation is, is sky high right now, isn't it? He's, you know, he's doing, um, uh, getting massive, massive plaudits. And I suppose someone who is a, a, you know, one of the most high profile Irish players in history, he'll have, um, he'll have his eye on a, a gig in some capacity in the, in the Irish side when he, at some point. Oh yeah, he definitely, <clears throat> yeah, he definitely will. And if he keeps going like this, it's, um, yeah, he's definitely a coach to, a coach to watch. I just think it was just so, just so refreshing just hearing him, you know, hearing him chat and you can see how, you know, it seems to be a really, really happy camp, doesn't it? And, but it can change so quickly there, can't it? You know, it's difficult, it's difficult over in France. So, you know, it's good at the moment. But let's relax on camera. And I think that comes from being, being, having been there and done it as a player, if you know what I mean. Uh, But at the same time, we haven't seen him when they're not playing well. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you probably he's probably mis- a misery guts when they're not going well. But then you know, you you wouldn't be interviewing him after a semi final, would you? Because if you, you go to a semi final or deep into the European Cup, you obviously play quite well. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see because he he was known for being quite fiery as a player, but obviously yeah. he with age and everything. But it'd be interesting to see him when things are not going so well. But um, by then he might be as you say, coaching one of the provinces or something. Yeah, well, yeah, quite possibly. But yeah, it's um interesting one. We'll uh, obviously we'll keep our eye on that with uh, with the final just around the corner. Uh, a bit of transfer news to finish. Uh, so a couple of signings down at the Ospreys. Uh, so Michael Collins is set to sign. If you remember, uh, had a, a stint at the Scarlets uh, going back five, five years or so, I guess. And... Um, he is heading over to join from uh, from Highlanders, which I mean that feels that feels like a really good signing to me. First time, I, I, I believe he's Welsh qualified as well, so um, it's a it's a good um, a good bit of business there. I would say that one. Yeah, depending depending on how much they're paying, he's he, he's this type of player. A few years ago, you would have thought might have cost a lot of money, but I'm not so sure now. Yeah, I don't know how much he's costing him. There was another transfer, wasn't it? There, there was another transfer. That's the one. Same, uh, same side, um, and it is the Irish lock Jack Regan, who uh, has been playing down in New Zealand as well. Um, so again, someone's obviously uh, obviously done a decent cool. scouting job down there by the look of it. Um, but yeah, Irish uh, Irish second row forwards, like we were saying, or like you you often say, Murph, you can never have enough. You can never have enough meat in that uh, in that department, and obviously bolstering. Uh, bolstering some more reinforcements in the row. Definitely. Um, he's obviously not Welsh qualified, though. 
No, he's it not. Could be. It could be. I suppose if he, he, sti- if he sticks around for if he sticks around yeah, long enough. I don't think he is. Um, that's what I mean. That's what they do a lot of the time is just try and identify someone uh, tidy who's also Welsh qualified because it doesn't come against their culture for the team yep. and all of this stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, like the, the one of the uh, things that Finnesley or Scarlet, should I say, built their success on a few seasons ago when they were going well was finding decent overseas signings like yeah, like Ty Byrne and Johnny McNichol and uh, Johnny Barkley and. You know, people that, and um, that's what all the all the Welsh regions need to do because they're doing everything on a shoestring. So yeah, they have to they have to find bargains, and hopefully these two are bargains. Yeah, they do, and um, you know, obviously it's I suppose it's slightly different. I, I'd be interested. It would be interesting to know how much your suppose are paying for are paying for Collins because he's um, you know he's he's obviously a quality player, and there is that bit more private cash floating around uh, floating around down the Ospreys now. But yeah, whether or not whether or not that's you know they've uh, loosened the purse strings for this, or it is a bargain. But um, certainly, a, certainly a quality player and one to watch. Right, we'll just finish with uh, with this review, which uh, has been sent into us and put on iTunes by Long Dog Seventy Eight. Uh, and I'm particularly warm to this because of the uh, subject line, which says brandies and cream eggs all around. Uh, superb listen, and still, in my humble opinion, the best rugby podcast makes me miss sitting in my local club chatting endlessly about rugby over a pint. Keep up the good work, boys. Deal. Uh, yeah, I think we all miss sitting in a sitting in a local club chatting over a pint, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that at some point soon. But if you want to leave us a review, if you enjoy the show, then please do that on uh, do that on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. A final thanks, as always, to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. If you want to get some great quality coffee, you can do that at SoCoffeeTrades.co.uk, and they now do an instant coffee as well, which is really good stuff. So uh, yeah, whether you, if you haven't got time to uh, uh, to make some uh, make some coffee in the percolator. There's always the instant stuff there as well. Uh, right, final thanks then, as always, to my co- co-hosts, to Dan and to Murph. Thanks, fellas. Uh, and yes. we may or may not be back uh, on Friday morning after uh, after the Lions' reaction. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how things go. But uh, yeah, we might bring you a bonus one later in uh, later in the week. So make sure you hit the subscribe button so that uh, you'll get alerted when we release new podcasts. But that's it for this week. Thanks for listening and we'll be back to chat rugby with you one way or the other very, very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.